Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPEL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPEL app chat. Would love to talk to you. So we have a whole lot uh, to to talk about today, and some of it stems from the conversation yesterday. And I need to start back with what I started with yesterday, and that would be uh, this clip of a mother testifying before Congress. I think yesterday I said uh, the, the the testimony was yesterday. It was actually uh, two days ago. But but again, this is a mother who lost two sons to fentanyl. But a hundred thousand die every year. And nothing's being done. Not enough is being done. Numbers are going up, not down. And you talk about children being taken away from their parents. My children were taken away from me. (laughs) This was some really powerful testimony that was given. Now, later on, Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene blamed the death of those two sons on Donald Trump. It's important to note that that woman, her sons died while Donald Trump was in office. See, as I've said repeatedly, this is a multi-administration problem. This is a multi-administration problem. We the fentanyl crisis has been building for well over a decade. And we are now seeing hundreds of thousands of Americans whose lives are taken in this crisis. Now that leads me to this clip because Marjorie Taylor Greene made the claim that the, the, the death of the two boys was on Joe Biden despite the fact that They died while Trump was in office. And here is Biden's response. Oh, I acknowledge. But it's there. And, you know, a little bit of more Marjorie Taylor Greene and a few more, you're going to have a lot of Republicans running our way. (laughs) Isn't she amazing? (laughs) Oof. Ours, the reason she was, she was very specific. I shouldn't digress, probably. But she was, I've read. She, she was very specific recently, saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> oh, I. He chuckled there at the end. He chuckled at the death of two. American men to fentanyl. And yes, it was in the larger context of Marjorie Taylor Greene making another crazy claim. But the fact of the matter is he laughed about it. He does. He's not taking this issue seriously. And this goes back to what I was saying yesterday. I don't mean to spend two days on fentanyl. It is a very depressing topic. But the fact of the matter is last year alone, more than 107,000 Americans died as a result of of the fentanyl epidemic on our streets, in our country. And he's laughing about it. He's laughing about it. 
nobody in the country, nobody in our government is actually has any sort of plan to take this seriously. And to further underscore that, yesterday Merrick Garland testified before Congress, before before the Senate. And there are two clips from that that I want to play before we take our first break. Because we need to understand just what we're dealing with as a country. And so this is his, uh, Lindsey Graham was questioning Merrick Garland about the fentanyl crisis. And here's part of that exchange. Fentanyl deaths uh, are more than gun and accident deaths combined in the United States. Did you know that? Yes, sir. I mean, this is, how would you describe the fentanyl problem in America? It's a horrible epidemic, uh, but it's an epidemic that's been unleashed on purpose uh, by the Sinaloa um, and the new generation Jalisco cartels. Okay. Now, he said it's unleashed on purpose by these cartels. This is an epidemic that is being unleashed on American citizens on purpose. Later on in that exchange, this comes up. Mexican drug cartels, should they be uh, designated foreign terrorist organizations under U.S. law? Yeah, I think it's the the same answer I gave before. They are already uh, designated in any number of ways and sanctioned by the Treasury. Would you oppose some of us trying to make them foreign terrorist organizations. I wouldn't oppose it, but again, um, I want to point out their diplomatic concerns. We need the assistance of Mexico in this and designating. Is Mexico helping us effectively with our fentanyl? They are helping us, but they could do much more. There's no. Okay, so get that. The fentanyl epidemic is being unleashed on us on purpose by the Sinaloa and the other cartels. However, because of diplomatic concerns, he's not very comfortable with Congress labeling the cartels terrorist organizations. And in fact, he says there are diplomatic concerns. We need the assistance of Mexico in this. But then he goes around and he turns around and says Mexico could be doing a whole lot more. So what exactly is Merrick Garland actually saying here? What he's saying is, I don't feel comfortable labeling uh, the cartels terrorists because I don't want to offend Mexico. That's what he's saying. He doesn't want to offend Mexico. Never mind that he had just said before that, that this is an epidemic unleashed on purpose by Mexican drug cartels. And he doesn't want to defend the failed narco state of Mexico. A government that is in many ways bought and paid for by the cartels. There are plenty of insinuations that even the highest levels of government, including the president of Mexico, are bought off by the cartels. There are places in Mexico the Mexican government will not dare go because they know they will lose in a firefight to the absolute brutal, brutal violence of the cartels. They have unleashed this epidemic onto our streets, but he doesn't want to, despite the fact that they're doing this to our people, not our military, but to our people, to our civilians, he doesn't want to label them a terrorist organization. A buddy of mine in radio said earlier today, if it were ISIS who had killed 107,000 Americans last year, we would not stop 
bombing them. We would go right back to war in the Middle East to stomp out every possible ISIS-aligned cell we could find. But this is Mexico, and we don't. We, the administration has spent a whole lot of time trying not to to to, to offend Mexico. We've left our borders open because it's it's racist and unfair to try to keep Mexicans out of the country. It is absolutely unfair for us to try to detain people at the border. Meanwhile, it is flooding our streets. Millions of doses floating around the country. As I said, if you were to set up a Google alert on Google and put in Louisiana fentanyl, you would get an email from Google News pretty much every day with a news story in Louisiana that somehow ties to fentanyl. You could do that in just about every state and get the same results. Because it is a problem that has proliferated in recent years. And the Biden administration's policies at the border have allowed it to grow five, tenfold. Yes, this is a problem of multiple administrations, but the Biden administration has been absolutely unserious. So go back to the beginning of this segment when he laughed about it. He laughed about being blamed for the death of two people. It is possible. It is very possible for somebody to at least pretend to care that two young men are dead. Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene is blaming me for the very tragic death of two young men. And these deaths should not have happened. Now, yes, those two young men died while the last administration was in office, but it is unacceptable that we continue to lose Americans to fentanyl. And so we need, as a government, to do more. That's all he has to say. That's all Joe Biden had to say. But instead he laughs about it dismissively. He's not serious in this. And the Senate, God bless Lindsey Graham for asking. But the Senate is going to have all these great sound bites and people are going to fundraise over it. Marjorie Taylor Greene will fundraise over her deal of Joe Biden laughing about her and these sons. Everybody's going to fundraise off of this. But is anything going to get done? Starting to think it won't. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. You can also send a message through the KPL app. I'll be right back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. We have some callers on the line. Let's see if we've got enough time to get everybody in. Hi, is this Larry? Yes. yes. Hey, Hey, Larry, how are you today? I'm fine. Uh, I'm listening uh, about the uh, fentanyl crisis under uh, Trump and mm-hmm. and Biden. And uh, I like to refer to things as sometimes it's a distinction without a difference. Yeah. But in this case, there is a distinction and there is a difference mm-hmm. uh, under Trump. Trump was one. Of the, excuse me. Was the first president that I can recall that actually brought up the drug problem in the country and started addressing it. And I yeah. believe he did want to uh, label uh, the Mexican cartel as terrorists, but he was prevented from doing so. Yes. Now, so 
two or three times, you know, since one year, you've got two or three times the amount of fentanyl. Who knows how much? They, they're not even studying it. And uh, Biden's callous approach is to always blame the other person and make a joke. Mm-hmm. I listened to Michael Savage the other day, and he said the same thing that I did. Biden is evil. He's an evil man, period. He always has been. And I'll make another comparison here to the drug problem mm-hmm. and how we're not willing to tackle it, tackle the cartel. It's what Zelensky said about NATO. I mean, uh, Russia going into the Baltic nations and NATO being involved, and our sons and daughters need will will, uh, will then die. You know, will have to come and shed blood. Well. Again, that's that's a difference without a distinction in terms of a distinction without a difference in terms of he's indirectly saying, "Well, y'all have to come here in, in the Ukraine." Yeah, and but because you know he's, he's basically using scare tactics. You know, it's real easy, uh, Zelensky. Go to the negotiating table, save all the blood. You know, so again, we're not willing to. Biden's not willing to go and push. Zelensky at a negotiating table, uh, him and the uh, globalists. So, two, uh, Mexico mm-hmm. and Ukraine, hands off. Yeah. And hey. that's what I had to say, basically. Larry, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, the Biden administration is, is very, very much uh, hands off on a lot of the issues they should be a lot more hands on. For me, the the fentanyl thing, I think, is so big, and it requires him to be hands-on not only with Mexico, which is, again, a failed state at this point, uh, and China, which is the manufacturer of a lot of the chemicals that are used in the manufacture of fentanyl. They get sent to Mexico, and the cartels make the fentanyl there, but they also are brought to ports of entry in the U.S., and the, the, the cartels are also bringing them across the border to set up uh, production facilities here in the U.S. And the Biden administration, very hands-off. Larry, thank you very much for the call. We're going to go ahead and take this break. We will be back in just a minute, right after our bottom-of-the-hour news here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Uh, so good news. I'm, I'm moving on from the fentanyl stuff. Uh, But good news, we now, uh, so if you heard in the Fox News coverage a little while ago, uh, the Alex Murdaugh trial in South Carolina, the jury deliberations have started. If you have not been following that story, it is fascinating, horrific, and also uh, it's like Tiger King without the the tigers in some way. It's just like a train wreck that keeps getting worse the more you watch it. But, but. I have good news. We have expert testimony from the New York Post. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, y'all. From the New York Post. O.J. Simpson says Alex Murdaugh will beat murder rap despite likely killing his wife. That's it. That's all. That's the punchline. And it's not even a punchline. It's a very real story. O.J. Simpson has weighed in. On the murder trial of Alex Murdaugh, who was accused of killing his wife and son. And O.J. Simpson says, you know what? He pretty he probably did kill his wife, but I think he's going to beat that murder rap. 
as the left has been telling us for years when it comes to COVID, always trust the experts. Anyway, let's move right on. So there's this story that was in Fox, the, the Fox newscast earlier that has, it, it's kind of captured my attention because I know we had a similar problem here in Lafayette not too long ago. Uh, but it's, it, you know, Austin, Texas, the streets are being overtaken with drag racing. It was happening in Atlanta, Georgia, there for a while. Um, so fun fact you should know. I actually listen to a lot of talk radio in Georgia when I'm not listening to the fantastic shows here on uh, on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. But I, I listen to uh, a buddy of mine. I've, I've mentioned him before, Eric Erickson. He's a nationally syndicated host. Uh, I've mentioned if not for him, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Uh, but he is his he's based out of WSB in Atlanta, which is one of the biggest talk stations in the country like has the biggest audience out there. And uh, before he went national, I, he's a friend of mine. I've listened to his show a, since before he went national. And of course he covered a lot of Georgia issues and, and, you know, focusing on the stuff that interests them. Crime was a big part of it. One of the big crime waves there for a while in Georgia was drag racing in the streets late at night. And it was getting to be a big problem. Now Keisha Lance bottoms, who was the mayor at the time, this is the same Keisha Lance Bottoms who just left the Biden administration. Uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms had basically uh, lowered the morale of Atlanta police so much that they were just re- that they were just leaving the force in droves. And so there wasn't enough law enforcement to stop some of these things. And of course, the crime waves got bigger and bigger in Atlanta. But drag racing was a real big problem there. Drag racing right now is a real big problem in Austin. It, it, you see it in a ton of cities. Not all that long ago, in fact, if I'm looking at this story, uh, April of last year, we had a story, uh, uh, residents voice mixed reactions after vehicles recklessly drift, burnout, and speed throughout Lafayette. And of course, we were having similar uh, problems, drag racing, stuff like that here locally. And I, I, I'm not an expert on the nightlife. Okay, once I got into my 30s, my late nights involved maybe binge watching a show a little too long, maybe toward 11 o'clock. But I I didn't uh, I don't do well late at night. Um, I already have problems sleeping. And the later I stay, plus those problems sleeping, uh, I'm 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 worthless the next day. Uh, And so I, I really don't have much of a late night life anymore. But every now and then I do stay up and I, I've never, of course, I live in Karen Crow. I, I don't hear any drag racing on the streets in Karen Crow, my little subdivision or anything like that. But I know that last year we were kind of having those problems. And it is, uh, I have, I've never understood the appeal of drag racing. Um, you know, in this story, again, this was up on our, our site uh, a year ago. Uh, but some of the uh, comments that were posted in there on Facebook were hilarious. Thinking they on Fast and Furious go park your Walmart battery operated cars because they will never be Van Diesel. Uh, I think it's supposed to be Vin Diesel, uh, Vin Diesel or Paul Walker. Um, but yeah, people in their in, in their cars, some of them souped up, some of some of them just people acting stupid in their regular cars, doing who knows what damage to their engines. Uh, are, would go out there late at night and just drag race and and hooray for everybody involved. Except it's 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 incredibly illegal. It's it, it's very dangerous. 
uh, because those streets aren't emptied for that. And, and so you're essentially taking command of the streets. And God help you if somebody tries to take a hard left out of a side road. And so it is a very dangerous activity for people to be doing late at night. They do it late at night because there's fewer chances for them to you know, hit anybody on the road. But uh, it is just uh, I, I'm I'm floored by this. I guess I shouldn't say floored. Maybe that's an unintentional pun. I don't know. Anyway, I'm I'm just kind of floored by this whole uh, need to go out late at night and drag race. Uh, there's plenty of illegal things you can do at night that are not nearly as dangerous. I mean, they're somewhat dangerous. They're illegal for a reason. But, I mean, come on. There, there's smarter things to do with your time and money. I just find I, some, of the, some of the crime waves that, that we see, some of the things popping up, it's just crazy. But it's the crime itself. It's it's the rate of crime going up itself that I think in is really interesting. You know, we've we've seen a bit of our fair share of violence here locally, um, but we're not getting the reports in droves like we're getting out of Abbeville and and other places. And I I, I think we have a pretty strong law enforcement presence in Lafayette. Uh, it's not terribly controversial presence. They're not overbearing. They're not over policing. They are doing their jobs. They're doing very well. I will forever sing the praises of the school resource officer program in Lafayette Parish, having been in the school system for years. Um, the, the SRO program is phenomenal, uh, but that's just one aspect of law enforcement. I think for the most part, law enforcement has been doing a very good job locally, but elsewhere around the state, not so much. Uh, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, definitely. Uh, down in Vermilion Parish, they're having troubles as well, uh, particularly in Abbeville. And, there, one thing that I did see in the school system that we are seeing on the streets, though, is the lack of enforcement. There was a story that came out just after Mardi Gras. There was something like 1,500 gun arrests, just, uh, just illegally carrying, things like that. And most of those charts, maybe not 1,500, uh, maybe it's 150. It was, I think, a one and a five and, a, and some number of zeros behind it. Uh, 1,500 sounds really high now that I think about it. Maybe it's 150, but it's something like that. But they were dismissed. And uh, the, an assistant district attorney uh, you know, basically said, hey, just hand over your weapon. You can go. Like that's going to stop anybody. Now they're going to escalate. They're going to get another gun. They will do more thinking that you know, they didn't punish me the first time. And so they'll go and do it again. Things will escalate and things will get worse. And the problem that we're seeing across the country, again, not a problem we're necessarily seeing locally, but a problem that we are seeing across the country, and it is related kind of to, part, to the partisan politics of the day, is that you have all of these high-profile incidents happening in cities where politicians, and I say politicians because even the elected district attorneys, district's attorneys, are, they're, they're elected and they're saying, you know, we're, we're, going to, we're going to kill them with kindness. That's how we're going to handle uh, the crime, and we're going to kill them with kindness. That's how we're going to fix it. We're going to be their friends, things like that. And it's not working. Things are escalating. And this kind of does take me back to the fentanyl thing a little bit, too, because we have this growing drug problem in the country, not just fentanyl. Like I said, you know, uh, last week, if you missed the story, uh, I wrote about it on Monday, 
Uh, but last week, there were three major arrests, a multi-agency investigation between uh, the Lafayette Parish Sheriff's Office, uh, Department of Homeland Security, uh, Department of uh, the Bureau of Alcohol, to, uh, Tobacco and Firearms. Uh, these agencies came together the, uh, and they did a, a simultaneous raid on three apartments here in Lafayette and arrested three Mexican nationals, two of which had been uh, recently deported, not recently, but two of them had been previously deported. And they were selling uh, MDMA, ecstasy, uh, marijuana. I think cocaine was involved. Um, and they were selling stolen guns. We don't know if they stole the gun. We didn't find out at the press conference if they had stolen the guns themselves or if they had acquired the stolen guns somehow else but uh these were stolen there was something like 150 guns and uh no not 150 like 50 guns and something and, and a high number of a, a pretty good percentage of them were were stolen were stolen locally um i don't know why i'm obsessed with the number 150 today anyway moving on uh the point is you know we have this escalation of crimes Mexican nationals who aren't supposed to be here, they get deported, they come right back because the system is so easy to, to game. And so they they come back in and they start doing the very stuff they were doing before and, and, and escalating a bit. And these guys were selling drugs and stolen weapons. That wasn't on their rap sheet before. So we're seeing this across the country where people are arrested, get a slap on the wrist, they go back, they do it again, and they do more. And the average American citizen, you and me, we're made to suffer for because there's either going to be new rules that are put into place in order to try to get the problem down. You know, in Abbeville the other night, they had a curfew put in place because of violence over the weekend. Uh, Now, you know, we have uh, Congress is always looking at new laws, ways to to stop things that are uh, that are growing problems. And they think the best way to do is just legislate it out of existence, which never works. But here we are. And, you know, whether it's the drag racing and people across the country that are doing it, get a slap on the wrist and they go right back to it a couple nights later. Their car can get impounded or whatever. They'll find another car. They'll steal another car. They'll do it again. Somebody else will put up a souped up vehicle and they'll start the whole process all over again. Nothing really changes when there's no enforcement on this. And so that's the, the big escalation problem that we have throughout the country. Not as much here. We do have some of it here, but not as much. Uh. I just, I go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. There is a social and emotional void that's growing and getting worse in the country. And so we're filling it. People in America are filling it with other things, drugs, crime. Uh, you know, a lot of these crimes, they're not solo crimes. They're they're gang-related. They're group-related crimes. You know, you don't drag race by yourself. You you and a bunch of other enthusiasts get together and do it. Uh, young men join gangs to feel a part of something because they come from broken homes. They just get neglected at home or whatever it is. Uh, people do drugs because it helps. It takes away the pain of the the loneliness and all in, in any of that. You know, say, give whatever reason you want that we've been told for years. The fact of the matter is they try to fill that hole in their social emotional life. And when you Don't steer them away from it properly. They just go right back to it. And that's the problem that we're seeing. And it's a problem that's only getting worse. All right. Let's take a break. 
We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Your calls, 232-1542. Your messages on the KPL app, like Mark in New Iberia for the fentanyl thing, uh, says, I believe at this point fentanyl should have been declared a weapon of mass destruction years ago. Maybe so. Maybe that's how we deal with it. But we got to do something for this and all the other problems that we're having. I'll be back in just a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. I now that I think about it, for some reason I am always putting that bumper as like the Thursday last segment bumper. That's Red Right Hand. I forget the band who did it, but I I, I love the song. If you ever watch the show uh, Peaky Blinders, then you recognize the music. It was in all but like the last season, uh, but it was it's just a fantastic show. Uh, really, really enjoyed it, and that song got stuck in my head when we were binge-watching it on Netflix, so I had to put it in as a bumper because I was watching it around the time that I had started doing the show here. Uh, anyway, the, the, the problems that we're seeing in the country, there is a guest essay in Politico Going back to the fentanyl thing, but it, it kind of goes into a lot of more that we've been talking about. But there's a, a guest essay from a Salvadoran guerrilla leader and a U.S. Marine on the fentanyl crisis. It's at Politico. Um, it is titled Time to Unleash an Extraordinary Weapon Against Fentanyl. Here's the part that you that really you really need to, to take home. But one tool to combat fentanyl has been overlooked. If members of Congress or the Biden administration really want to take on this deadly drug, there is an opportunity to seriously debilitate the organized criminal syndicates that make, import, and distribute it to the American people. Secretary of State Antony Blinken should designate these narco syndicates as foreign terrorist organizations. That is how you very seriously cripple the cartels that are making and shipping the drug here. But the Biden administration does not want to do that. The Biden administration is perfectly fine creating a new power wholly outside the the statutory authority granted by a bill written for 9-11, And grant millions of people a student loan forgiveness. But they are not willing. Joe Biden is not willing to take a power he absolutely has, that his office absolutely has without question, and name the cartels foreign terrorist organizations. He would rather invent new powers for the executive branch than use the powers that are already there to combat a growing problem in our country. And I'm never going to stop shouting about fentanyl because it is one of the things that really should be among the easiest for us to deal with. And yet repeatedly, repeatedly, we ignore it because it makes for better sound bites than it does actually working up the nerve to do something about it. All right, guys, that's it for me. Two, three, uh, I'm sorry, 23 hours. I was about to give you the number again. It's over. 23 hours until I come back. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, 
And, of course, reach out via email, joe at redstate.com. Enjoy talking to you guys again today. Be back tomorrow. Shannon, meanwhile, is off sides next with Hippie Hannah right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.